Welcome to episode 5 of Big Shanks Radio. I'm your host Luke Callier and this is the podcast where we speak to the who's who of barbecue. Season 1 of the show is proudly brought to you by Smoky Q Rubs and Sauces and Clean Heat Charcoal and Briquettes. In today's episode we are speaking with Tristan Chambers, better known in barbecue circles as Big Don's wingman and Instagram favourite Chamberinos and the man behind Fireworks and Smoke, Raw Smoked Honey. So let's get into today's show. Woo! Tristan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Now, I've been looking forward to having you on the show for a while. As you've definitely been one of my uh, inspirations on, on the barbecue journey. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It's all right. Now, to start with an easy, easy one, what is the best thing you think you've ever barbecued? Oh, um, I just like to cook lamb ribs, to be honest, hot and, hot and fast. Um, done in about an hour. Bit of salt and pepper. Um bit of honey on top and uh, a bit of chimichurri is probably one of my favourite things, yeah. Keeping it pretty simple then. Yeah, definitely. On the Weber? Yeah, always on the Weber. Um, I'd probably have the, um, the, the, the kettle coat in for that. Um, just range them in a circle and, and fire away, yeah. Sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. So talk to us about how you got bitten by the barbecue bug. Oh, um, it was actually a it was actually a, a pizza bug to start with. Um, I had a, a, a I built a pizza oven up at my old place, um, and I kind of um, used to really enjoy kind of stoking the fire um, with the pizza oven, um, you know, just smelling it all and, and cooking food out of it. And it wasn't until I sold the pizza oven, well, I didn't actually sell the oven. I sold the house. Sorry, and the pizza <laughs> oven went with it. <laughs> Yeah, the, the pizza oven was too heavy to take anywhere else. It, um, it was fully built in, um, and that was kind of when it dawned on me that I, I couldn't I couldn't cook out of the pizza oven again, or, or I'd have to build another one. Um, so it was kind of a stopgap measure, actually. Um, I thought I'd, I'd buy a barbecue in between while I'm waiting and, and um, cook on that. Um, you know, while I'm saving up for a new pizza oven, and then it kind of just went from there. Yeah, just really enjoyed. Yeah. And so uh, what was that barbecue that you bought at that point? Yeah, that was a Weber. I just went straight out and just went and bought one of those. I thought that looked pretty good. Um, you, you know, a bit of, bit of fire, bit of meat. Um, I thought that would do the job. And did you uh, go straight for a brand new Weber or? Uh, did I you... did actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I hadn't been on any groups, done any reset. I pretty much just went down the shop and just bought a Weber kettle. You'd probably been a bit of a minority there in uh, barbecue circles of uh, oh, you know, going yeah. straight out and purchasing one. I kick myself now. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't realise how well they cleaned up. Um, and I just, yeah, I just literally just wanted a barbecue, so I went down the shop and bought one. Um, and, and then found out later, <laughs> I probably could have got all kinds of um, coloured barbecues for that price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was it about uh, working on the on the Weber? That um that you know that you enjoy the most. Oh, um, it's, it's pretty versatile the Weber kettle. Um, it does a lot of things, um, but it also challenges you as well. It's it's 
I wouldn't say it's, it's the perfect unit to cook on, but it, it, it has its limitations. But I think um, I, I enjoy that as well because um, it, it kind of pushes you to think about what you're cooking and how you're doing it um, and how you can improve it um, so that you can get similar results on the kettle that you can on um, other barbecues like, you know, your ceramics or your pizza ovens or your, or your offsets. Um, so it does a bit of everything, um, and, and I find it really versatile in that sense, which is why, which is why I love it, yeah. Yeah, I remember cooking on one when I was much younger and never um, had a lot of success. And then um, I was actually, I think, watching yours and, and Gus's Instagram and I had, um, I'd already purchased an offset and I'm like, actually, I think I need to go and get a kettle as well because I need to be a little yeah. more flexible with what I'm cooking. And, and when I'm only doing small cooks, it kind of makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, the, um, I'm the same. Um, Gus's feed is is, um, is very informative, and and as as are others as well. And um, the snake method um, was was you know game changing for me. You know, just working out that you could kind of set and forget the kettle to an extent, um, and and cook things on it without actually having to tend to it every five minutes uh, was something which I previously didn't actually know about the Weber kettle until I actually got into it. I couldn't agree more. I read that. Um... I heard a few people talking about it online. I'm like, what is this snake method? And then I found Gus's um, post on it. And I'd been yeah. on, I'd had, I think I'd had my offset for probably four or five months at this point. And so, yeah. you know, I was used to spending all day out there, kind of every, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, chucking another log on, you know, looking at the temps. And then I, I'm like, okay, I'll give this snake method a crack. And I think I put some yeah. beef ribs on or something like that. And, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so easy. You just set it and kind of, you know, it just keeps the temp at 250 and Bob's your That's right. Yeah, you can kind of just, just walk off a bit and, um, you know, do other things in, in between, which is which is what I like to do on a, on a long eight-hour cook or, or, or more. Um, you know, you need to have some kind of flexibility as well. I, I mean, I've got, you know, a young family as well, kind of work things in between all of that. Um you need to have a bit of flexibility, even if it's just watching the footy while you're cooking or, or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the best bit about it. Absolutely. So with that flexibility, with that flexibility often comes a couple of uh, different barbecues. What did you move on to next or was it just the Webbers? Oh, um, it was literally just the Webbers for, for ages. Um, but you do say Webbers there, so I'm saying there must be more than one. No, well, I went onto a Smoky Mountain, yeah. um, and I've also got the Smoky Joe. Um, the the Smoky Mountain was 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 really just playing around with the bullet um, the, the bullet model um, and just exploring how that worked a bit. Um, having a couple more shelves, um, a, a bit of versatility there, um, a, a slightly different way way of cooking. Um, so I mean, I, I enjoy that too. Um, the Smoky Mountain, oh, sorry, the Smoky Joe. Um, your hot and fast cooks. I mean, you, you, you know, your, your flank steaks and your stuff like that. Um, I, I didn't always want to load up the whole Weber kettle with, with charcoal every time I'm, um, you know, cooking a little bit of steak. Yeah, it's so, a little yeah. expensive, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit excessive sometimes when you load the whole thing up. Um, and the Smoky Joe can certainly be pretty quick, but um, having said that, I find it it's it's not, a, not as quick to clean. You kind of got to... Um, you know, it's a bit more fidgety. Um, I, I'd actually prefer just to clean out the Weber kettle. Um, it's, it's a lot bigger and you can just kind of clean it faster and get it done. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they've all, they've, all got their, they've all got their purposes. And, um, yeah, certainly, I mean, I love my Webers, yeah. 
So just those three in the collection at the moment? Yeah, that's it. Um, oh, I've got my Coles anything right on now. the horizon? Um, yeah, I'm eyeing off some um, uh, some of the the drum the drums that the Hot Chili guys have been doing. Um, I've, I've I've certainly been looking at them for a little while. Um, and, and again, it's more about um, just versatility there with um, having a well, Smoky Joe's. Sorry, not the Weber Smoky Mountains, only the the, the middle size. So going to a drum and getting the, the extra the extra space for your brisket cooks and your stuff like that would certainly help out in there isn't there yeah um there's less parts that go together as well so there's less little kind of you know opportunities for um um, the temperatures to fluctuate and stuff like that i like the idea of the um the barrel uh, just being a sealed unit and only having the very few um you know uh, holes in it where you've got your your air intakes and your um and your flow so um, I wouldn't mind exploring that, just seeing how it goes. But I've, I've only heard good things about the drums, so I wouldn't mind getting into them as well. Yeah, a lot of people have used them. I haven't used one myself, but a lot of people who, who have used them, you kind of read about them, they kind of swear by them and, and kind of the heat retention in them, I think, is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and and efficiency as well. I think once it you know, um, kind of all, all seals up from all the air and you've, and you've got it locked into a temperature, I think it just kind of just holds that all day. Yeah, um, which is not that the Smoky Mountain doesn't, um, but you know, I just want to try it on a drum. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for one more barbecue, I think. That's right. Yeah, as long as the wife kind of maybe doesn't know that it's coming home. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that just reminds me. Actually, no, sorry, I do have another one. I, I, I got the Heatley the other week. Um, the the flat plate um, stainless. Um, it's actually gas barbecue, but I just wanted it for. Basically, just for smash burgers, um, it's yep. got a nice um, six mil stainless plate on it. Um, I have seen you post one or two burgers in your time, so I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought I'd, I'd give that a shot at um, rather than you know heating up the cast iron on the Weber again. Same same reason. I just wanted to see if I could just you know go outside and turn it on, cook out some smash burgers on you know, on your Friday night, and still get inside to watch the footy in time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I haven't actually. Used to Heatley yet, I only got it the other week. Um, so looking forward to giving that a run as well. And you mentioned the cold smoker, yeah. The cold smoker, um, I've had that for a while. Um, that was probably I probably got that just after the, the Weber kettle, and I mean, and, and I enjoy playing around with that just for the um, the, the different, I suppose, the different nature of it. It's a completely different smoke, it's a more of a white smoke, um, and it's a, a different process as well. You, you kind of you smoke your foods and you let them cure. And you, um, you can play around with a lot of different foods as well. Your dairies and your um, your non-meats get a good run in it. Um, but also your meats in combination with other cooking methods like deep frying and, and um, uh, air-dried meats and stuff like that. Um, I, I like the idea of that term. The cold smoker helps out there a lot. Yeah, I'm quite interested in the cold smoking process. Um, I've uh, tried um, smoked butter a few times with mixed success, but I, but I do like trying it with the dairy products for sure yeah definitely it's um it's a whole nother world with dairy um smoked butter is one of my favorites as well um it's such a um yeah butter's got so much fats in it it just holds on to those smoked and it's probably my favorite thing to cold smoke is actually butter do you uh churn the butter yourself straight from the cream or originally or do you use a process um i have done it depends what you kind of what you want to use it for i mean if i'm using it straight away um, then certainly you can. 
Um, I haven't actually cold smoked any like that though. Uh, I, I don't know how that would actually go. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it would be. It, it, I'd have to give have to think about that. Um, certainly, the butter just out of the packet though is fine. It, um, you know, give it a, a few weeks um, rest, back sealed up, and it and it kind of settles and mellows out, and it's a really great product. You're making me hungry thinking about it. <laughs> so um who taught you about barbecue kind of did you kind of teach yourself or have you been to some classes or yeah um i haven't been to any classes yet it's, it's um mostly a kind of a i suppose a, a, i suppose it's a self um education educational journey um you kind of I, I do a lot of research and reading on things when i when i find i enjoy them so um, i'm always reading on other people's posts and their techniques and what they're doing and websites um, and I'll just do that for a hobby just to, late at night I'll just flick over to something and have a good read of it um, there's some profiles out there that have been really helpful with stuff like that I mean um, Gus's is, is, is one um, Boomer's is another um, Ongi's got some good stuff um, heaps of guys in the, the, the Perth barbecue community have all got um, some pretty good things to contribute to, to barbecue and you can read about it just about anywhere um, I think that's one of the things about barbecue is it is uh, like it is such a community that shares what they're doing, how they're doing. Yeah. Like I know, you know, I've asked you a few times about things. I've asked other people, and everyone's kind of willing to share, kind of, uh, you know, to to yeah. to some sense, like what they what what they've done or or how they do it or what they've used when they did it, and those sorts of things, which makes I think life a lot easier and gives you a little bit more confidence about yourself when you're. You know, like when you're buying some some nice meat, that you kind of know what you're doing with it. That's right. No one, no one wants to wreck a nice piece of meat, especially when you when you when you paid a good dollar for it. Um, yeah, yeah. And everyone's <laughs> been there and done that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, everybody's yeah cooked cooked a, cooked a bit of meat too far, but um, yeah. Look, I mean, all the information's out there um, somewhere, uh, which is great. You, you just gotta, you know. Go and find it, and, and I like to read. I like to get a lot of different opinions on on um, on stuff and how to cook it. Um, and, and quite often, you can you start ruling out outliers or things that you like to do your way or things that you agree with, and you try it and you try it um, and, and do that first. So, um, yeah, there's just yeah, so many things to try that you just yeah, you've got to try them. Yeah, you kind of try things, and then you work out what works for you. It doesn't always work for everyone else, um, which right. is which is a nice thing. And sometimes I think with barbecue. Um, you can do the same thing with what you think is the same cut of meat from the same butcher, and then you get two very different results. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And, and, and going to a good butcher's been half of it, really, for me. Um, I've always shopped with with Troy's, and um, just having that consistency of going back to the same butcher, I think you start to learn about the cuts more as well um, from someone that's doing something in the same manner um, each week start to appreciate why things have been done certain ways and, and you can ask them why they're doing it certain ways and, and you know you can kind of optimize what you're doing um just off that information from yeah really building that relationship with butcher is quite important i think yeah. Yeah. so uh where did the name chamberinos come from <laughs> uh, uh yeah i don't think about that actually when um well it was actually, it was funny because I think it was just, it was just like an Instagram page um, from like ages and ages ago. And like, if you scroll back far enough, it would be like, oh, you know, 
I think probably pictures of my honeymoon or something like that with like no meat pictures. It'd be like pre Weber kettle pictures, you know what I mean? <laughs> pre barbecue like, life. Yeah, way pre barbecue life, like yeah, years be- years before. Um, and it was something to do with the name. Obviously, it was like a, a derivative of the chamber's name, but then yep. like the chamber's name is already like a, pl- a plural, and it doesn't really have like a plural. It's like chamberses. Yep. Um, when it's like me and the wife doing stuff or being on holidays or something, and I think it yep. kind of just developed. That. I just never changed it. I yeah. <laughs> so uh, talking about the Instagram page gets a fair bit of love. Um, obviously, you put up some um, some really sweet looking pics. You have any kind of background in photography before barbecue? No, no not at all. Again, if you scroll back far enough, it, it, it turns to shit pretty quick. No, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a. Uh, a photography page or anything like that. I mean, I like to I like to take pictures of food, and that's that's almost a, a more of a record keeping thing for myself. Um, you know, I like to to kind of make it look good. Definitely, um, it's more of a visual and a creative thing. Um, I think for me, um, I mean, yeah, day to day day job is is an architect, and, and you've got that kind of that creative urge that you want to fulfil all the time. Um, I used to really get that from drawing and, and art. Uh, but nowadays I get that out of food. <laughs> of, yeah, it still ends up manifesting into a visual sense as well at the same time. Yep. Um, so it's probably a combination of those things, uh, those interests for, for me, um, but those creative urges and getting them down on like a, in, a, in a hard copy format is something which I really enjoy doing. So any secrets then to, the, uh, to taking the, uh, the, 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 the money shot on the, on the phone? Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's just all, it's actually, it's funny, it's, it's really similar to just barbecue. It's just a whole lot of indirect light, um, but lots of it, you know, like it's a time of the day, um, makes such a big difference with your food, but also your, um, the way you kind of frame your food as well. If you, you know, you're standing back, how close you are, you, get, you are to your food. Um, and I think the, the, the big one that you see a lot on Instagram is just, general clutter in the background like you know fridges or laundry or, or stuff like that yep. um generally takes away from your from your from your pictures to be honest um, so it depends if you re- how you want your, your photos to look i mean if you if you really were trying to doll them up then you'd get those things out of it out of the way um other people just want to get on with it just eat their food so then you know it doesn't really matter and that's fine too now um, i think you take some of the best burger photos um going around is there and i i I say i have to say like i think my photos were okay on my instagram and i've tried a few burger shots but they always end up looking shit and so i'm i'm really wanting to know how you get that perfect sauce drizzle and and cheese drizzle down the side of of the burger (laughs) it looks like perfect yeah i love a sauce drizzle um um I never actually, I never, I never put the, the sauce on the actual bun. Um, it just kind of soaks in and just makes a mess. And I always, I always kind of pour my sauce over the actual patties. Um, and I always thin them out too. They're always too thick out of the bottle. Those big, thick mayonnaises and mustards and stuff like that. That, that doesn't really, that's not really, um, it tastes good. Um, it, it doesn't kind of get a very nice drizzle though. Yeah. Um, plus I like a bit of pickle juice and just about all my sauces anyway. I tend to thin them out a little bit with a bit of pickle juice for a bit of acidity, um, especially. Interesting. Yeah, your mayonnaise and your mustards and your um, your combinations of the two. 
Yeah. Um, I like a bit of pickle juice in there. Um, and that kind of just thins it out anyway. And it ends up drizzling on its own as a result of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never would have thought about that. That's a, that's a great tip. Great sauce. Yeah. I'll try it next time I'm trying my burger photos. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break here to tell you about my sponsor, Smoky Q Rubs and Sauces. Smoky Q are a proudly WA-based company whose spice rubs are all made right here in Perth. Their rubs feature Lake Deborah Natural Lake Salt, which is a 5 million year old deposit situated in the remote regions of WA. The rubs are gluten and MSG free and contain no artificial ingredients or preservatives. I've been using their Fistball rub, which features Frio's own Geisha Fistball coffee, and the Q has been tasty as. Check out smokeyq.com.au, that's S-M-O-K-E-Y-Q.com.au, and use code word BIG, that's B-I-G, for 15% off your first order. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Now let's get back to today's guest. Woo! Now, um, Big Don's featuring Chamberinos. I think you are the two-time reigning people's champs at the Smoking Barbecue Comps. You guys take a bit of pride in that? Yeah, yeah, we certainly, we did. Um, but we still do. Um, you know, I think it's a, we, we wanted to cook a lot of cuts of meat to try and get the right competition cuts we wanted. But, um, but also, you know, Don with his, with his business wants to, yeah, you know, He's got to keep up his, his great appearances and uh, <laughs> yeah, strive strive for those kind of awards. Um, so yeah, certainly we we put a little bit of extra effort into those kind of things, but it, it makes it fun too. Like we like interacting with people and at the competitions, it, it's, it's great fun when you've got people out there that that want to have a taste of the food um, and that you've got enough to serve them as well. Um, and at the end of the day, those both of those events are charity based as well. So the more you do kind of cook, the more goes to the to the charity at, at heart which is a um which is a good thing too it's kind of a win-win really isn't it yeah definitely and the origins of the team um i've heard donovan's side of the story but come on really was it was it love at first sight over a brisket at troy's or uh, was it something else <laughs> <laughs> um oh um what did he do no don sent me a message he sent me a message and said you want to want to we want to do a comp team. Are you interested? I said, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> that was that. <laughs> it was pretty simple, actually. You know, um, guys are fairly simple people. It's just, it's just like that. You, you know, you, you want to join a, you want to join a competition team, and then you, you think of a few people, I guess, that you want to, you want to play along, and you send them a message, and it's done. And so, uh, what's that like, uh, being the uh, the journey with the team, and. Um... And have you had a bit of fun along the way? What's been the highs and lows? Um, highs are definitely when you when you get a call up. I mean, um, when you put all that effort in, you kind of uh, there's an expectation in the back of your head that you, you you've done well and you want that confirmation. Or unless you haven't done well, and you know that too when you haven't. But I mean, you know, assuming that you you've got everything in in your box and you're happy with it, you're kind of just leaving it up to everybody else, and, and you're kind of hoping that. Um, somebody would think the same about your food as you do, um, which doesn't always happen, of course. <laughs> um, <Yeah. it> goes, <laughs> I mean, um, look, when you get a call-up, I mean, that's obviously a high. Um, the lows, there are certainly there are certainly times. I mean, it's pretty tiring. I mean, I get the easy job. Um, I, I'm certainly not stoking the offsets. I'm, I'm normally on the, the Webbers or the, the Bullets, and 
um, doing your faster cuts with mate. And um, that means I, I get to sleep a whole lot more than the other guys. So I won't complain about any sleep. But um, uh, yeah, last one at Chilo, we were, we were about, we were like ankle deep in water. That wasn't, that wasn't great. Um, that was a bit cold as well. But in the end, it was kind of, um, it, it was kind of fine in the end. Like it's just something that you remember. But yeah, the bottom of my, the bottom of my bullet was actually like in water. <laughs> um, and we ended up winning with that land too, which is, um, uh, which is amazing, really, and considering that the temperatures on the, the, the bullet were just flying everywhere. But, yeah, you know, it happens. Just all adds to the story, really, I think. Like, you know, yeah. when you're, you and the boys are kind of having a beer in 20 years' time, you'll be like, oh, man, we were waist deep in water and we still won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone's too happy about it. Uh, no one wants to be, you know, um, that far underwater after not sleeping for a day. Um, that's not fun, but no. you know, as in you just get on with it, yeah. You guys get together and practice, or how do you divvy up who's cooking what and you know, like what sort of method you're going to use and, and, yeah, and whatnot? Yeah, I had a couple of practices for comp, and we had a couple of discussions. and We um, we went around to Don's a couple of times, the whole team did with Ed and Dave as well. We um, did some tastings and we had some sauces there. Uh, we all tasted them and, and gave each other honest feedback on everything. and um, how did that go down? <laughs> it was actually wasn't too bad. Um, everyone kind of um, everyone's pretty good at constructive criticism, um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, it was difficult as well because um, we've got non non competition backgrounds and and our, our palates are a bit more home style cooking. So we sit there all day and say, "Oh, that's too strong and too salty or too sugary," and but then. Other people are saying, "Oh, you know, but you need to do that for competition, and and it needs to be, you know, these these, these one bite flavor punches and all that." And, and we're kind of struggling to get the middle ground. So, in the end, we kind of resort back to our um, our roots, which is just you know good honest flavors and and you know maybe half a tub of butter, and then just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a judging course um, at, at one of the smoking events, and it, I think um, it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that. Uh, you know, the way I probably cook is less salt than, than most I would have thought. But, um, you know, like after you've had a tasting and say five chickens, five, you know, porks, five, um, you know, pork, uh, pork ribs, and you get to the brisket after kind of eating probably close to already, I don't know, say somewhere in the vicinity of up to a kilo of meat, maybe already, maybe 500 grams, I don't know, and your palate has kind of had all of those things kind of go through it already, um, it kind of, like your palate is almost kind of deadened a little bit to the to the yeah. flavouring. So I think by the time, particularly by the time you get to brisket, you really want to be probably, um, well, in my opinion, like it stands out a little bit more when it's probably a little saltier than, than what I would definitely normally cook to, for sure. Yeah, oh, to be honest, I, I I never would have thought of the amount of meat that you guys have got to eat. Um, but you know, it's a tough job. Yeah, it's certainly uh, certainly um, not something you want be wanting to do every day. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, definitely not. Um, so I don't know. Have you got any advice for people out there who might want to get into the comp- competition side of barbecue? Oh yeah, just get just give it a crack. I'd say. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who would um, mentor you if you if you wanted to have a crack at it. Um, certainly, the all the Perth barbecue clubs 
are always keen to get people in um, and always keen to share the share the knowledge and, and about how it works. But I think it's just a good experience. I mean, um, regardless of the result, it's, it's, it's good fun to kind of be out there and cooking and um, testing yourself and, you know, staying out there overnight and um, getting it done um, on a clock, which is not something which you normally do at home to that, I suppose, to that level of detail. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just wouldn't hide back. Just have a crack and see if you like it, yeah. And um, any thoughts on the competition scene, I guess, here in Perth and, you know, in comparison to the to the East Coast? Do you follow the comp scene over there very much? And any, uh, I guess, talk of heading over there at any stage for Big Dons and Chamberinos? I follow it, um, I follow it as much as I can. Um, it's, you always feel a bit more distance in Perth, um, away from those kind of scenes. Um, and certainly our own scene has grown a lot um, in the last few years. Um, more people are starting to comp and more people are comping that haven't comped before, which is great. And that's a really good indicator, I think, of, of the way things are going. And Because, um, I mean, not all, not all teams can make every competition anyway. Um, you'll find that the, um, the teams competing is changing from year to year in any case. I mean, and that, that's life as well. People, you know, travel and have different jobs and all the rest of it. Um, yep. So on the immediate horizon, um, probably not something over east. I'd, I'd probably like to just go over there and, and just as a um, as a ticket holder to meet stock or something like that and just go around and have some fun. Um, and if I, if I had an opportunity to compete over there, I'd probably take it. But, um, yeah, for now, I'd, I'd happy, be happy just to go over there and have some fun. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it, I haven't been over to one yet, but um, they certainly look like a lot of fun, a lot of people and um... – yeah, a lot of miles to get there with with the smoker trailer, but um, at some point it, it would be uh, interesting to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned it earlier. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, fireworks and smoke. How did that happen? Oh yeah. Um, so where were we? Uh, I think it was smoking in the port. See, smoking in the smoking in the port. I think. Um, we decided actually to go into vend. We liked the, op- the um, opportunity to vend at one of the competitions. And we, we kind of had our eyes lit up, I think, of all the meats and burgers and stuff we could cook. And then it kind of dawned on us that, well, it's not actually like that. You, you kind of, you know, if you're going to be in a competition, you're probably going to have your hands tied doing other stuff. Um, but we kind of still wanted to vend anyway. Um, so at the time, you know, the, the cold smoke had been going for quite a while by then. Um, and some honey had gone through and Don had his sources and we, we decided why don't we vend some of those the, the competition um, you know being both being kind of ready packed um, ready packed sources I guess um, that don't take a lot of hands on work on, on site um, so we thought we could um, do a whole batch of those and, and have them at the competitions and, and, and vend them um, and we thought that might be a good idea to help cover, co- cover the costs of some of the meats um, going into the comp, um, yeah, and that's that was kind of the origins of it. Um, so you know, we kind of just stayed back and did up some labels and went from there. And did it work out that way at the first comp? Did it cover the uh, costs of the uh, the meat and stuff? Yeah, look, it, it um, certainly did. Um, not entirely, but it wiped off enough that you know you'd want to do it again. Um, and the people are generally really accepting of um, new kind of products like that. And in, in WA, we don't have a lot of um, smoked honey and so um, when you bring out stuff like that um, people love it and they love to taste it and they love to um, be involved in the in the scene on that level um, especially people who aren't necessarily 
um, barbecue scene people who don't necessarily follow the barbecue scene, but they might find themselves at these events. Um, it, it's kind of a, a, a nice kind of a tangent food for them to kind of um, taste and get involved with as well. I guess it gives them a little bit of a um, an ability to cook up their steak or their pork the way they normally do and then drizzle a little honey to get that little bit of a smokiness to it. Yeah, it, I think it also just demonstrates that you can, you, you, I mean, you can smoke anything really um, and, and just about everything at all. And, and I think it, it's a, a really good example of, um, of that. Um, and I think it kind of opens up people's eyes to different possibilities as well with other foods. So the first batch, did you just do that at home? Are you still doing it at home? It's kind of growing yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, I can do it at home. I, I went and got a council sign-off for um, kitchen prep at home, which is an important step in the process um, for me because um, I otherwise wouldn't have a lot of time to be um, out at kitchens all day. Um, yeah. You know, you get your processes signed off and EHO's involved and everything is um, tickety-boo and you can kind of, uh, you know, r- run a business in a manner that, um, suits yourself, which is which is half the half the fun of a of having your own business is to um, run it in a way that suits you. Absolutely, yeah. And so, like, what kind of like numbers of the batches are you kind of pumping out now? Like, I, I guess you're probably what nine or ten months into that now, are you? Oh, since February, so um, February for not even that six months. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I used to do it a lot before. Um, before that with different honeys, but I think I've, I've really kind of settled on the variety of the honey at the moment. Um, and, and before that, it was more of an experimental thing. I used to throw different things into the, into the honeys and, and all that kind of stuff. But also um, now when you're, when you're retailing anything, you, you, you've got to be very strict to what you can put in honeys and what you can't, um, whereas, at, whereas at home you can play around a bit more. Um, so in terms of, oh, yeah, Bachelors, I think we're probably about, we're coming up to about half a ton now um, of honey that's kind of been through the doors, um, which wow. is great. Yeah, it's a lot of honey. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, it certainly keeps us pretty busy. Um, but yeah, we just knock it off bit by bit. So it comes in in bulk and then it goes out uh, out the door in the, in the little containers? Yeah, look, not too much bulk. Um, I mean, honey's a naturally occurring product um, and you know, getting the right variety and the right consistency of the honey um, in what variety, if it's not a pure variety of honey, um, it might be blended with, with different varieties. It might be, um, you know, come from um, different areas depending on the, um, on the seasons. It's a, it's a very seasonal product. If um, some areas aren't flowering at the moment, then, you know, the beehives might be um, located somewhere else and you might be getting your, your honey from a different location. So it, it's certainly a moving target um, and finding consistency um, finding a consistency with a, with a product like that is, is half the challenge. Um, but then again, that's, that's the, the beauty of it as well. It's a, it's a natural product um, and um, it's always going to have an inconsistency um, in line with the seasons. And I think people also can enjoy that um, and know that from you know, one season to another, um, you're getting so many different varieties of honey and there's so many different flavours and tastes and um, you know, it's always going to be raw honey as well for me. Um, I don't believe in pasteurising honey um, or heat treating it or, or using any of those kind of um, uh, squeezy tube honeys. I think that they, they kind of lose that flavour and that um, pureness of the actual product. And um, Working with a raw honey is, is, is certainly part of the passion, yeah. 
Definitely. And I, I found that quite interesting, like that consistency, um, you know, in, in a lot of, I guess, food manufacturing, people are striving for that um, consistency of recipe or flavor um, and, and flavor profile, whereas you're kind of embracing that inconsistency uh, due to the natural kind of ebbs and flows of the product, which is, which is a, you know, interesting and I guess a little bit refreshing take on, you know, understanding your product that you're working with. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's, it's never going to really be the exact same batch every single time. It's going to have this natural variation in it because it's just a, it's, it's a natural product. I mean, you can't control that. Um, and that's where your, your skill as a coal smoker comes into it is, is um, how, how long you, or, or how much you smoke the product depending on that flavour profile. Um, and, and so that's did really you... Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, that's, that's really important in understanding your product is... Um, you know, understanding its, its limitations and its flavours and, and how long to smoke something um, or how long not to smoke something. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of how the product is formed. And the closer you can get, I suppose, to a, con- a level of consistency, um, I suppose the better product you'll have. But at the same time, some of the natural variation in the actual um, varieties of honey um, are, are most welcome as well. I love that. And did you have any background in food manufacturing at all or honey before this? Um, not specifically in food. I've worked in kitchens before. Um, I think my first job as an 18-year-old was actually in a, um, in a, in a kitchen called the Loaded Zucchini, and we used to make um, uh, lentil patties and chickpea patties and salmon patties and tuna patties. And uh, I found myself in there. It was really close to a kitchen really close to my house, and I was kind of just working there as a, as a, um, a job while I wasn't, wasn't at uni at the time. Um, but it really opened my eyes to um, how commercial kitchens work and how they um, how they buy their ingredients and, and do their maths on their numbers that they need to to wholesale out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there was certainly a lot of exposure to it, um, but nothing serious, nothing more than that. No. And how's it kind of been supported by the barbecue community? Oh, it's been really great. Um, Everyone's been um, really supportive. Um, they've all kind of um, bought the product, tried it out, and let me know what they thought about it, posted up pictures, and, and just generally been, um, yeah, re- really supportive for um, WA products, which is great. Um, it gets a lot of love on chicken wings um, all, all the time. It, 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 I was thinking of renaming it chicken wing sauce. No, I wouldn't do that. But <laughs> it's getting, yeah, I mean, it, it gets a lot of um love from um perth barbecue people so which is which is really great yeah and i guess uh like what would you say has been the biggest challenge in the whole process for you in kind of starting that brand up um and growing it um challenge or probably probably just finding the time um i think your weekends are, are busy as they are already um, I mean, I work, my, my real job, I'd, I'd probably do 45, 50 hours a week at anyway. And then when you're looking at, you know, um, turning over hundreds and hundreds of kilos of honey, <laughs> that, you know. And cooking some barbecue. <laughs> and cooking some barbecue. And I've got a three-year-old and, and I've got interest and, in, you know, I want downtime as well. Um, you kind of want a bit of it all. It's just scheduling everything in and keeping up with it. Uh, that's probably the biggest challenge, but. At the same time, I kind of enjoy that as well. I like to multitask and keep busy. 
Um, I wouldn't really have it any other way. So, yeah, it's kind of okay. No, I'm with you. Like, I've always had something else on the side after kind of, um, you know, like my, my day-to-day job. And um, this podcast is just a good, good little uh, outlet for that as well. So, I'm going to take a quick break here to tell you about my sponsor, Clean Heat Barbecue. Clean Heat Barbecue Lumpwood Charcoal and Briquettes are manufactured in KwaZulu Natal, South Africa, using a sustainable, renewable hardwood invader species called the Mapani Bush. The Mapani Bush is found in some of the remotest regions of Namibia, and removing it assists in the regeneration of short grasses, which benefits the roaming native animals such as rhino, zebras, and springboks. Clean Heat also employs around 500 people in these communities, which cut down the Mapani bushes offering job opportunities that otherwise wouldn't exist. I've used Clean Heat for my last few cooks and it's one of the cleanest burning fuels I've ever used and it just seems to last and last. It's available all around Australia and if your local barbecue supplier or butcher doesn't stock it, ask them to get it in. You won't be disappointed. Clean Heat Barbecue. Fuel your passion. Now, let's get back to today's show. Woo! Um, before we kind of start um, getting to the end of the interview, uh, the... Uh, I'm going to try you on one of our segments called Quick Fire Favorite Five. So I will list off uh, five categories, and, and the idea is that you give a, a quick answer um, to each one. Yep. So, favorite butcher? Troy's. Favorite cut of meat to barbecue? Ribeye sirloin. Favorite barbecue cooker? Uh, Weber kettle. I knew you were going to say that. Favorite, <laughs> <laughs> favorite drink to uh, to do to drink while you're uh, cooking barbecue. Oh, uh, I'd go a, a really crisp cold IPA. Any in particular? What brand? I quite like the Cheeky Monkey, um, the West Coast IPA. That's been a favorite for quite a while. Uh, Very but nice. It's, yeah, it, it'd always be the WA breweries. I'd always stay local on those. Um, it's a it's a drink which you've got to enjoy fresh. Um, and I think I've always felt that, you know, um, WA has got some of the best breweries in the world. Um, and I reckon they're just, uh, you know, um, we, we're so lucky to have them. And if they're that fresh and so close, just grab onto it. Yeah, they are pumping out some quality uh, pale ales. Um, the craft breweries around here, that's for sure. And last but not least, your favourite barbecue accessory? Well, probably... Um, Oh, this is a tough one. Um, probably going to say the offset plate on the kettle. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be the offset plate on the kettle. I just, I just like the way that it, it just protects the underside of that meat from um, too much direct heat. It kind of stabilizes all the temperatures in the barbecue. Um, yeah, it's just been a great piece of kit. Yeah. And where did you get that from? Um, GJ Barbecue had that. Um, actually, Big Boz sent that over. We, he drove it over, actually. Um, <laughs> he came over from um, Victoria, and he's coming over to Perth um, and setting up here. And I remember he asked everybody, oh, does anyone want an offset plate while I'm coming over? So I stuck my hand up nice and high um, and went and picked Got my one up hand up. delivered. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Very cool. All right, so uh, in wrapping things up, what's next for Chamberinos and fireworks and smoke? Kind of where do you think you're going to be in a couple of years' time? Well, they're, they're two kind of different um, profiles, really. I mean, they the are, aren't they? Yeah, and, and look, the Chamberino stuff is, is for me is a creative outlet. Um, They've been doing a bit of um, uh, work with, with Barbecue Mafia from um, 
Brisbane in, in uh, running their rubs on a lot of the a lot of the mates that I cook, um, and, and they also helped us a lot in the in the comp scene. And, and I suppose that Chamberino's profile is is is, is much of a, a creative outlet for me. Um, I, I don't always get that at work. Um, in, in architecture, I, I was kind of well, I suppose you'd say I was hoping for more of it, but um, it doesn't always happen. You, you know, you live in the commercial world and you end up doing commercial um, type work. Um, so you kind of need to release that creativity somewhere. And I think that Chamber and Ace has been good for that. Um, fireworks and smoke is, is, is a different animal. And I think that's um, something which I've, I've been aiming to make more accessible to barbecue, but also non-barbecue communities. I think that um, the gourmet food scene as well is something that um, has a great crossover with with barbecue. Um, for me, before barbecue, it was all about um, gourmet foods. I mean, you know, your French cooking and your Italian cooking is, is something which um, I used to do regularly before barbecue. Um, and I've got a, a really high appreciation for those, but certainly blending some of those barbecue techniques into those into those foods as well. Um, and something like a smoked honey can do that. Um, honey's got applications in all kinds of foods, not just, not just barbecue. Um, and by smoking it, you're just bringing out different qualities of, of other foods as well, um, earthy qualities of food. Absolutely. That aren't necessarily barbecue food. So I, I kind of like that blend um, of, of different food groups and, and different um, cuisines with, with barbecue and barbecue techniques as well. So basically a watch this space for fireworks and smoke. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll see where it takes us. I'll just keep plugging away and... Um, um, you know, use it use it as a creative outlet as well, I guess. Um, but yeah, hopefully there'll be some things on the horizon that that, that we've got going. So I'm um, hoping to get that out soon. Very very cool. Now, um, obviously, to get to where you are, you've had a few supporters along the way. Any shout outs that you want to give? Um, definitely, um, uh, Gus is Gus is one. Um, as, as I said before, his his profile has a lot of information on it, and um, He's one of the people that I'd say is an information sharer. He likes to teach people and, um, you know, um, teach, teach techniques, um, show people how easy things can be. Um, and I think that's great. Um, guys, uh, the, the Barbecue Mafia guys, so Drew over in, um, in, in Brisbane has been real helpful as well, especially when we're starting off our comp team and we wanted to get some mentoring and techniques and, you know, what to do and what we can't do and, um, you know, what the judges are kind of um, looking for. That's been really supportive. Um, all the other guys just that are, that are regulars on the group um, that just engage in general conversation, I think, I think they're, the, um, they're the kind of the best ones because it, it's that ongoing conversation with everybody. I think that's, that, that's the most important, not just any one particular person, um, but managing to, you know, get different opinions on things and, and different techniques out of people. And, and that's kind of how we all learn. And everyone's got a different background. Um, and, and, and some of the people that might have, you know, um, Asian barbecue backgrounds and, and things like that um, have got different things to add than, than people with your more traditional American backgrounds. Um, so I think as long as those conversations keep happening on, on the barbecue groups, that, um, you know, that they're always going to be a good place to be. Yeah, I think that's one of the nice things about Australian barbecue is that we kind of are a bit more of a fusion of barbecue as opposed to probably when you're in the deep south of the States and uh, they do barbecue one way and that's it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, I, 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 yeah, there's so many different ways you can cook over fire, and um, um, yeah, it's it's not really worth limiting yourself to one of them. Um, and, and I kind of like to keep kind of challenging myself to um, look at those other ways as well. And I'm sure the uh, wife and family has been a big supporter as well. Yeah, they, yeah, they love. I mean, everybody loves to eat. Um, you can have too much of one a good thing as well, though. I mean, uh, sometimes you know you, you can't always have smoked meats. Or sometimes it might just be unsmoked mates, um, but yeah, I mean, generally everybody everybody loves a good food, don't they? Exactly. Sometimes by the fifth day of brisket, you're kind of like looking for something else, though, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, lastly, where can people follow your journey if they're not following you already? Um, well, we're kind of around at markets now. On the weekends, um, we've been getting down to the farmers markets. Um, we're Part of the Facebook groups, obviously, the, the Perth Barbecue, all the barbecue clubs who like to contribute on there. Um, the Instagram and the, the web pages um, have, have, are up and running. Um, and the addresses for those? Oh, um, www.fireworksandsmoke.com.au. Um, Chamberinos doesn't really have its own address. I kind of just wander around Instagram and, and, and um, causing, a, causing a ruckus on there. <laughs> and then... Um, the Facebook groups is, is, I mean, again, it's the same. I just kind of just jump on there and just talk, talk rubbish with people. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's the, there's the fireworks and smoke. Also has the Instagram page as well um, of the same name. Um, and we're around at markets and and we're building stockers by the day. So um, that's been great. So we're popping up at, at supermarkets and and your gourmet providers and your um, your butchers too. So um, certainly. Um, those, those places in WA, you'll, you'll find us kicking around, yeah. All right, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time. You are definitely one of Perth's favourite uh, barbecue personalities and all the best for the future with Fireworks and Smoke and the comp team. I look forward to seeing where it goes over the next few years. Yeah, cheers, Luke. That brings to an end our chat with Tristan Chambers of Chamberino's fame and Fireworks and Honey. Fireworks and Smoke, honey. I hope, yeah, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this chat uh, with Tristan on Big Shanks Radio. If you liked it, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. You can follow My Barbecue Podcasting Journey on Instagram and Facebook at Big Shanks Barbecue and check out our website at bigshanksbarbecue.com.au and sign up for our mailing list to keep you up to date with all the latest. Thanks again to our sponsors, Clean Heat Charcoal and Briquettes, and Smoky Q Rubs and Sauces. We look forward to barbecuing again with you soon on the next episode of Big Shanks Radio. Woo!